This podcast is sponsored by Active Skin Repair, a skin health company helping people heal with natural, non-toxic, medical-grade ingredients. Active Skin Repair uses a molecule called hypochlorous acid, which mimics our natural immune response to cleanse, soothe irritation, reduce inflammation, and support healing. We've been loving Active Skin Repair for all the cuts and scrapes that show up in the active toddler life. Sage loves that there's both the spray version, but also a cream version. He likes to get to choose which one he's going to do. He calls it the magic cream. And it's been so great for taking care of Mila's neck rash now that she's full on teething. Can we get a minute for a teething three and a half month old? What in the world? Active Skin Repair has thousands of five-star reviews and the ingredients so safe and clean, they can be used from the youngest member of the family to the oldest. Keeping it simple with one soothing solution for all your family's skin health needs. Visit www.activeskinrepair.com to learn more about Active Skin Repair and to get 20% off your order, use code VILLAGE. That's www.activeskinrepair.com, code VILLAGE, for 20% off your order. Hey everyone, you are listening to Voices of Your Village. This is episode number 33. You guys, this is the second round of Village Chatter. This time, we dove into all things tiny humans, big emotions, You popped in your questions on the Facebook group that, if you're not a part of yet, what you waiting for, head on over. It's like having my number. You get to ask me questions or fire things at me, and you have a whole group of experts that are in there too that are ready to answer questions, and a whole bunch of other parents who are walking this same journey and are right there with you. So head on over to that group, Facebook groups. Seed and sow, colon, voices of your village. Go do that right now. But I put this question out to the folks in the group. Any questions that they had on tiny humans, big emotions, and uh, all things emotional development. And today I'm here to answer those for you. And guys, guess what? We have a huge announcement. I'm so, so, so jazzed. A few times a year, I launched the tiny humans, big emotions groups. And that time is now. I will not be doing another launch for Tiny Humans, Big Emotions in 2018. So if you want to dive into these groups, if you're trying to raise emotionally intelligent humans, this group is for you. They're virtual support groups. There are two options. One is a one-time group. It's two hours, one evening with a group of parents, and we're hanging out virtually. I typically have a cider in my hand. And we are diving into all things emotional development, and I walk through your exact questions, and we support each other on this journey. And then you get to join a special Facebook group just for the Tiny Humans Big Emotions folks, where you get to get support from each other and from me with folks who have all this information about emotional development, people who have really committed to raising emotionally intelligent humans. That's option number one. Option number two is brand new, and it came by demand, and I'm doing three series where we meet once a month for three months, and it's the same group. It's a smaller size group than the Tiny Humans, Big Emotions one-time group, and you stay with that same group. So I'm doing a Tuesday night, a Wednesday night, and a Thursday night group where 
one Thursday every month for three months, we're all meeting together virtually and and I essentially give you like homework and things to do in the meantime. And then you get to fire your questions at me uh, every month to troubleshoot this and really start to do this in your everyday life. Of the series, one of them is already full. So there are only two series and they are filling up. We opened the launch to our email list first, our faithful email list, and it's it's filling up, guys. So if you want to be a part of this, go to tinyhumansbigemotions.com and select your group or your first choice, and it's a first come, first serve. So once it's full, it's full, and you have to wait till the next launch. So hop on over and do that right now. I'm so jazzed about these groups, guys. Let's do it. Let's raise emotionally intelligent humans. I'm high-fiving all of you that are joining me on this journey. All right, let's dive into these questions. Welcome to Voices of Your Village, a place where parents, caregivers, teachers, and experts come to support one another on this wild ride of raising tiny humans. We combine decades of experience with the latest research to create the modern parenting village. Let's dive into honest conversation about real parenting challenges so it doesn't have to be this hard. I'm your host, sleep consultant, child development specialist, and passionate feminist, Alyssa Blass Campbell. Hey there, welcome to Voices of Your Village. This is the second episode of Village Chatter. This episode goes out to all the folks out there trying to raise emotionally intelligent humans. Yep, put your hand in the air. I know that's why you're here. Well, guess what? I'm here to serve you. This is the Tiny Humans Big Emotions Village Chatter, and I have some really bomb questions going on here. So I polled all y'all on the Facebook group. P.S. If you are not in the Facebook group yet, what are you waiting for? Do you want to raise emotionally intelligent humans? Are you ready for some support? That's what we're doing, man. I'm popping on. I am doing live videos. I'm answering all your questions. You literally, it's like having my cell phone number. So let's dive into some questions. The first one that I got was, at what age should you start having conversations with kiddos about you messing up? So for instance, if you yelled and just like lost your cool, because let's get real, none of us are doing this right 100% of the time. In order to see lasting effects with emotional development, we only have to get it right 20% of the time. So the thing with that is, is that like, you know that your tiny humans are exposed to people who are not going to do this in the way that builds emotional intelligence. So there's a little more pressure, like it's not like just you 20%, it's how often they're exposed to responses. We're looking for 20%. So my goal for parents is to aim for like 50-50. If 50% of the time you respond in a positive way that builds emotional intelligence, cool. And if 50% of the time you don't, that's also fine. What you do next matters. Your tiny humans are always watching and listening and all that jazz, the thing is, like, at what age was the question? It, it's never too early to start, and it's never too late. So wherever your kiddo is right now, I would start responding with a, you know, if you yell and you feel that feeling in your body where you just, like, feel that guilt, I would just say, like, I'm going to take some space. I need to help my body feel calm. 
and walk away. Take some space, even if they're crying, even if they're scared, even whatever. Like, walk away for a minute unless they're, like, not safe. Walk away. And, or stay there and take some deep breaths. Like, whatever you have to do, but, like, find your calm. And then say something along the lines of, I yelled. I was feeling mad. And I yelled. Next time, I'm going to try and take some deep breaths or take some space so that I can feel calm so that I don't yell. So that then when I'm ready to talk about it, we can solve the problem. I wouldn't apologize for having emotions. Like I wouldn't say something like, I'm sorry I got mad. I would just validate that you got mad. I was feeling mad. It's not anybody's fault. I wouldn't say I was feeling mad because you wouldn't listen even though I've asked you 12 times because they're not the cause of our feelings. We want to steer clear of anybody being the cause of our feelings because we are responsible for how we respond. We can't control how anybody else behaves or acts. And that's the same message we want to send the tiny humans that like, If somebody says something rude to them, which is going to happen in life, they can either react and get really mad or really sad, or they can choose to respond in a different way. They can choose to own their feelings and say, even if to themselves, like, oh, that person seems really mad. They were being mean. And then let it go, like not take it in. So I'd like to model that as much as possible. So I don't want to apologize for our feelings, but we can acknowledge that we have them. Yeah, I was feeling mad. Modeling that like, next time you're going to try and feel calm before you respond so that you can solve the problem without being mad. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Being back to work after maternity leave has been so good and frankly, so hard. I love what I do and I missed collaborating with my team while I was out and it's been a tough transition. The combination of a packed schedule and still being the milk machine for Mila Bean, it's hard to juggle everything. I feel so grateful for my weekly therapy hour. Sometimes I'm just holding so much and I need a safe space to let it out and get it off my chest. I've noticed that when I don't release it, it comes out anyway, but usually in ways that aren't aligned with how I want to show up in the world. BetterHelp is such a convenient, flexible option for parents who just can't take the travel time to get to an in-person therapy visit. It's entirely online. You can show up in your jammies, always a win in my book, and you can switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and you're on your way to feeling heard. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash voices today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash voices. No one told us the truth about parenthood. Why? This is the podcast everyone needed before they had kids because now that those little ones are here, whew, there is a lot to unpack. I'm Rachel Shepardota, and I am your host for the podcast, No One Told Us, where we tell the truth about parenting and let you in on all the stuff you really should have known about before having kids. I am the founder of Hey Sleepy Baby, but this podcast is so much more than sleep. We'll be diving into all the topics that you really care about and need to know while you do your best job raising those adorable, tidy humans. Our goal is to just make you feel less alone and less overwhelmed. There are so many things that no one tells us before becoming a parent, and I think that we should really pull back the curtain on becoming a first-time or second-time mom or dad to share the good, the bad, and the ugly. We'll have a little education, a little fun, and a whole lot of heart that goes into each and every episode. 
So join me and our amazing guests each week to hear us talk about what no one told us. So I would start doing that as early as like one and change. With an infant, I might just do it like an abridged version. Like, I'm going to take a minute and then I'll be right back, kid. And then I would come back and be like, oh, I yelled at you. I love you. And I'm going to try not to yell. I'm going to try to feel calm first. And that's it. Like, I would talk to them, though, because they're still hearing you and they're understanding a lot more than you think a lot earlier than you think. So it's never too early and it's it's never too late. So this person has been around for a minute from the Seed and Sow community and had a question about kids being responsible for our feelings. Their question was, what do I do if I tell my kid, you made me mad or I'm sad because of you? And then afterwards realize like, oh shoot, I wasn't supposed to say that. So how do you come back from that? Great question. I would revisit the question later when you're calm and say something along the lines of earlier I was feeling mad and I next time am going to try and take deep breaths or take some space um, to feel calm before we solve the problem. So I'm going to continuously send that message to them because it's what we want them to do. So you can recognize, like you can say, like, I didn't say the words I wish I said. And next time, here's what I'm going to try and do differently. You can validate essentially that like you made a mistake and that's okay. And here's how you're going to try and do it differently next time. You're just modeling for them that they don't have to be perfect and they get to try again. All right. Next question. Two kiddos sharing a bedroom. We're moving from two kiddos in separate rooms to both of them about to share a bedroom. Um, do you have any advice here? So from a emotional development perspective, I would prep them. I would let them know what it's going to be like. I would let the older one know the rules and the expectations and make sure they're prepared for that because the younger one's always going to be looking up to them. And trying to see like, all right, what is the expectation? What do we do here when we're together? A couple things to consider are whether they will have like a routine that just becomes one that you incorporate the tiny human into the older one's routine or vice versa, or you come up with a new routine with the both of them, or if they're going to have separate routines. This really depends on the age, but you definitely can do it separately still. You can do the, I would do the younger one first then and put them down. And once they're asleep, then I would do the, you could do the older one in a separate space. Like you can do like books in your bed and then go into their room and then you just like tuck them in and say goodnight. And then they know like their sibling is sleeping and it's their job to rest and fall asleep. I would really work on making sure the older one was in a space where they had a good routine and you could say to them, like, we are going to do bedtime here and then your job is to go in and fall asleep so that they don't need you to fall asleep, all those sorts of things. I would try and build that with the older one first. Uh, It'll just give you more flexibility. The other option is doing it together doing bedtime together and in this case it's a, it's similar I mean I would let them like have a little bit of like banter they might like play or talk or whatever and just kind of see how that goes it might be like a hot new thing at first and then it dies down 
I would hold some boundaries, like staying in their beds is not a choice. It's an expectation and kind of see how that goes. You might find yourself like wanting to do separate routines until they're old enough to have those expectations and boundaries. If it's really not working and you need additional support, head on over. I do sleep consultations. I'd be happy to set up a plan with you. If you want that, you can head over to seedandso.org. All my sleep packages and all that jazz is on there. Ooh, it's a fun one. We just found out our daughter was waitlisted for Head Start. We'll have to wait until public pre-K when she's four. Is it the end of the world that my kid still isn't going to be in childcare or in school? So long story short, no. So from like a development perspective, I would try and incorporate like other tiny humans or times for her to socialize in a way where it's not like one adult, one kid standing over each other. Even if this is like just play dates where you're at somebody's house or they're at your house and you're just there playing and you're just like hanging out as adults, like giving them time away from the adults is a little important here. And then you can also like digress later, like, oh, I saw when you were playing with Teddy, he took your toy and you looked really sad. Next time, if he takes your toy, you can tell him, I was using that. And maybe you could figure out a way to play together or whatever. Just starting to like build that collaborative play is really a lot of what we're working on in preschool. And certainly like it's a huge time for emotional development. So kiddos are starting to play together. There are new concepts and ideas and giving her time to have this with other kids in other ways, I think would be beneficial for her in really taking this time with her at home to nail down the emotional development so that when she goes to school, she feels confident Uh, She knows that she's safe. She knows that she has the tools to communicate. She knows that she has the tools to help herself feel calm. I would be driving those home. And if you want like more detailed and like specific to who your tiny human is, more information there, go sign up for my Tiny Humans Big Emotions group right now. Um, I'm doing both a group and a series. So you could do a one-time group or you could join our series and be able to like check in with me and be able to put things into play with her and, and see how it's going. I'll chat more about that at the end so you guys can all have more information there. But I would really be focused on building her emotional development and making sure like language and all that's in a good place. But in terms of like skills and concepts, like she's going to get all that when she goes to school, whenever she goes to school, she's more apt to be able to take in the content if she has a high emotional intelligence, if she's able to process all the feelings that come with moving through the day and talking to other people and being in a group and all that jazz, if she can process those emotions, then there's no stress about content. She'll learn to read. She'll learn all the things. All right. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book, Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts 
who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy. If you're a parent, I invite you to join us at the Mindful Mama podcast, where it's all about becoming a less irritable, more joyful parent. With sometimes hilarious and always thought-provoking experts and friends, at Mindful Mama, we know that you cannot give what you do not have. And when you have calm and peace within, then you can give it to your children. I'm Hunter Clark Fields, and I can't wait to see you there. Listen in to the Mindful Mama podcast. Next question. Oh, I love this. I'm pregnant. Any tips for building emotional intelligence in tiny humans while they're in the womb? Yeah, for sure. So I think, first of all, cheers to you for being a part of our village right from the beginning. What a lucky tiny human. Emotional development starts from the get-go. So the more that you can be practicing mindfulness when you're growing this tiny human, uh, limiting your stress levels, (laughs) jokes, right? But really, like saying no to things, taking pause, We often in America like ramp up work right before we have a tiny human because we know that we are going to be exhausted and caring for a human soon and so we want to like get as much done. But the rest of the world does it differently and for good reason. We should be like pausing more and taking time and giving yourself just time to breathe and to be and really, really working on just the mindfulness piece, recognizing when you're having a feeling, recognizing when stressors or anxiety are coming along and being able to say like, oh, feeling a little stressed right now. Like what can I do to help my body feel calm? These tools that I'm giving you to use with your tiny humans, it's the same things that we use as adults. We just know now more than ever, that we can build that so much younger. So instead of waiting and we all go to therapy in our 20s, we get to build this from the get-go. And so, But so many of us as adults, I mean, I didn't have this until my 20s in therapy too. So many of us don't have these tools and we need to work on building them. And right now is a fantastic time to do that. It's definitely easier to work on before that tiny human is here than it is once they're here. So I would be really focused on just getting to know your own self and your own feelings, being able to monitor what you're feeling, and then build those coping strategies for helping you get back to a calm headspace. The more you work on this during pregnancy, the easier it'll be once that tiny human is here building that skill set for yourself is invaluable. So I would be working on that. There's also a bunch of studies on anxiety in pregnancy and the genome and how it can change things. It's very interesting. I would encourage you to look into that on your own. It's very, very interesting. But essentially, the message is that we should be working on mindfulness. There is an amazing app called Expectful 
that has guided meditation specifically for pregnant women and postpartum and their goals to reduce postpartum anxiety and postpartum depression. And I have worked with mamas who have absolutely loved it. Even folks who had never meditated before, the guided meditations they said were really helpful in like getting through it and having it be productive. It's, it's a practice. So uh, it's not something we just know overnight, but it'd be a good place to start. All right, guys, there were lots of questions on coping mechanisms like loveys or pacifiers or blankies, etc. I'm going to do a whole separate episode on that because it's a huge topic. I would say it's the biggest thing that we're lacking in emotional intelligence for people across the board. And I called them coping mechanisms, you may have noticed, instead of coping strategies. Coping mechanisms are something that we, it's like a temporary thing. It's something you're turning to now. But coping strategies are something you can take with you through life. A coping mechanism is like a pacifier or a blanket or something that you would then transition out into a coping strategy. So I will do a whole episode on that, so stay tuned. If you had one of those questions and you were hoping to hear it answered in this episode, I'm sorry. I will dive into it in Tiny Humans Big Emotions groups. So let's chat about those. So they're launched right now. And you guys, I only launch these groups a couple times a year. And it is your opportunity to sit down with me, learn all about emotional development learn how we process emotions, what that looks like in your everyday life, and all the hot tips and tricks. You have access to me. We meet virtually. It's a two-hour group. You get some freebies from me, and then you get to join an exclusive Facebook group with other folks who have done Tiny Humans Big Emotions, where I pop in and do Tiny Humans Big Emotions-specific Facebook lives and uh, ask questions and you get access to me there. A lot of folks were like, this was amazing and I want more. So for the first time ever, we're launching Tiny Humans Big Emotions series and the first series is already filled up. So there are two series remaining. They are small groups of four to six parents and we meet once a month for an hour and a half. You get homework and you get to dive into what this really looks like day to day with your tiny human. And then you get to come back and report back and ask all your follow-up questions. And you're with the same group throughout the entire series. You have one week before this is closing. So if you want to be a part of Tiny Humans Big Emotions, go to tinyhumansbigemotions.com, sign up right now. And we'll get the groups going. I am so excited. Guys, this is a first come, first serve. So I'm not adding more groups. Once they're full, they're full. And they will not launch again in 2018 for sure. Not until the spring of 2019. So here's your chance. Go snag it. Tinyhumansbigemotions.com Thanks for tuning in to Voices of Your Village. Check out the show notes for this episode and all past episodes at voicesofyourvillage.com. Did you know that we have a special community for all of you to be a part of so that we can all gather together to raise emotionally intelligent humans? Head on over to Facebook, search Seed and Sow colon Voices of Your Village and dive into that Facebook group. We cannot wait to hang out with you and collaborate on raising these tiny humans. 
If you're digging this podcast, head on over to Apple Podcasts, scroll down, click those stars and leave a review. It really fills my heart to hear from all of you. Feel like you're the martyr in your family? You're not alone. Hey, this is Joanne. And Brie. And we're from the No Guilt Mom podcast. Brie, we talk to a lot of moms. Yeah, we sure do. And if you're a mom who has a to-do list that is so massive that you get overwhelmed and you shut down. Or if you fall into the habit of doing everything for everyone and don't know how to change it, we can help you become a no guilt mom. We're going to take you from family martyr to family model. That's role model so that you role model the behavior that you want to see out of your kids. You're going to go from being tired and overwhelmed to energized and guilt free. Every week, you'll get actionable strategies that you can implement right away from the experts that we interview and from us. We also have a whole lot of fun. So check out the no guilt mom podcast everywhere you listen to your favorite shows.